0: Welcome, one and all, to episode 141 of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox, with me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, we we were right. I mean, we were wrong in our picks, but all season until the SEC title game, you and I had said that Georgia was the best team in the land. And then they came out and laid an egg in the SEC title game. You and I speculated a little bit about it. Uh, last couple shows. The more we kind of marinate afterwards, Georgia wins, scores a little lopsided because of the late touchdown uh, and play by Keeley Ringo. But they were the best team all year, were they not?
1: Well, it turns out that they were, and it's because of their defense and um it's something we talked about how they had such a, a clear path if they beat Clemson in that first game, which they did, it was low score, ten to three. But we talked about how if Georgia wins that game, they've got like a clear shot to the SEC championship game. And then when they had Bama one-on-one, they had an opportunity to knock Bama out of the playoffs and they didn't. I thought that it was a kind of a a mark on them that they weren't gonna be able to pull this off. So they did it, but I, I go back to you know episode 129, where the title of that show, we talked about it at length, the title of that show is Alabama, Georgia, and everyone else, and that's what it really boiled down to at the end. These were the two best teams, uh, they split the series, I think that even puts more credence to that idea that they were the two best teams, and uh, this time Georgia came out on top, which is cool from a, a fan standpoint. You know, I have no dog in this fight, but just from a uh, college football fan standpoint, it's cool. We've got a new national champion. You know, Bama has been cleaning up. We've seen Ohio State, we've seen Clemson win this thing, but uh, Georgia now gets into the mix, and uh, it's it's really cool to see. And they, you know, by my estimation, this was their window. Like uh, Stetson Bennett is gone now; he's a senior. We'll talk a little bit more about him, but. Um, they're going to have to come in with a new new quarterback, a lot of new defensive players, some new running backs. They're, they're going to have to reload, and we'll see if they can reload as well as teams like OSU and Bama do year in and year out. Because uh, we saw with Clemson, it's not always a given. Uh, they, they end up 9-3 and three this year and playing the Cheez-It Bowl. So Georgia... Gets their fans uh, the first national title since 1980 when Herschel Walker was a freshman, I believe. So, very yeah, cool to see.
0: That was your senior year of high school, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's been a long time. I can barely remember uh, graduating that year. In fact, uh, I, I was uh, probably two years old when that happened. Maybe one and a half. So, not, I'm not as old as Seth says.
0: Uh in the game itself, this was a story of, as you said, Georgia's defense doing enough to give Georgia's offense a chance to make up for a couple Stetson Bennett errors, uh, but he's got that kind of moxie, that that grit. Uh, I was texting with a, a friend of ours, Tyler, uh, about him during the game, and I said he is colt mccoy type of player right like probably a little more athletic than mccoy um but he's that you know he 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 has that kind of 10 12 year backup player type of vibe to him to me
1: the problem is he's he's really small he's shorter and weighs less than colt mccoy so you're talking about a guy who's going to be under six feet he's going to be under 200 pounds so the question is, is, is this um, a player, he's got a great story, He, you know, everybody heard it, if you're watching the broadcast, they really drove it home that he was a walk-on, that he dreamed about playing quarterback at Georgia, his parents both went there, great college football story, and he walks out on top, he had an epic uh, post-game interview on Good Morning America the following morning, where clearly he had probably been up all night, or at least most of the night, partying. Uh, deservedly so. I mean, it was, it was very funny. Um, is he, is he going to be drafted though? I don't think he is going to. Uh, I don't think he's going to be drafted. And I think this is a player who's probably, um, frankly, he's probably played his final uh, football as far as like, I don't think he's going to be an NFL player. If he wants to pursue a playing career, I think he's probably going to be looking at um, maybe one of the spring leagues, the USFL is going to be starting. Uh, XFL is going to be recycling uh, itself again soon. And then you always have the CFL, which is a, a a different brand of football. And they actually put put a higher value on quarterbacks that kind of have this Stetson Bennett skill set. Uh, but I, I think even as cool as it is, this guy became a national championship quarterback, which is crazy when you look – at the quarterbacks that have been the winners lately when you have, you know, Cardale Jones going back ways. Then you have Deshaun Watson, you have Tua, you have, um, Trevor Lawrence. Like these guys are all NFL. Some, some of them are first round picks. Cardale was a third round pick. They're all, um, I think, or was he a little bit later? He, regardless, these guys were all drafted and, um, Bennett is kind of a throwback to when, like a guy like Tommy Frazier, would win a national championship. He's he doesn't his game doesn't really translate to NFL draft prospect status. So no, I don't think he's going to be drafted. The I get what you're saying with the McCoy comp, but it's the the thing is physically he's he's not even up to that measure. You
0: mentioned a couple guys. I mean would you say this is more like a Greg McElroy type of player?
1: You know, even, even McElroy had more size. So, um, you know, this is a different era where every quarterback throws the ball more, but it it reminds me more of like when you'd have the, uh, just kind of the Scott Frost types where I'm not comparing Frost and, uh, Stetson and Bennett as players, but you you didn't need a quarterback who was a great passer. And certainly, I don't think Bennett, although his stats were decent, I don't think anybody would would consider him a great passer. He was he was playing quarterback because of his athleticism, and you saw it on Monday. You know he, he has escapability. He almost ran himself out of a play where he he dribbled the basketball and uh, was able to bounce it back to himself. But that was why he was playing. He, he was playing because he was able to – he has some escapability when it comes to those Bama pass rushers. And you still saw him get sacked a bunch of times. So um, he's he's a throwback player to me. And I just don't think he really slots into the, uh, to the NFL model of what you want to look for in a, in a starting quarterback or even a backup. So, I mean, I'm not trying to dog the guy. Again, he, he's a very likable – person when he has that kind of interview that he had and it's, it's very relatable but uh just not an NFL player to me and uh, I'm wondering if other draft might get caught up in the story in the in the championship but so far I haven't seen that
0: George Pickens had one big catch for 52 yards um talk about an amazing story coming off a torn ACL in the spring the fact that he was even on the field was amazing. The catch was just kind of the cherry on top. Um, where does he fit into this class? This, I mean, because he was a day one guy coming into this year, right? Before, I mean, before the injury.
1: Yeah, I think I think most people felt like he was going to be a day one player before the injury, and I'm not sure that we've really seen that from from Georgia receivers recently because their passing game has, has been limited under from with Stetson Bennett. It's you have a limited passing game. So if you're a receiver, big time receiver recruit, Georgia's probably not the place that you want to go, but they still, because of their uh, pedigree, because they're always good year in and year out, they still end up getting a, a handful of top receiver recruits. The, the, the thing about that catch you mentioned he's coming off an ACL that was about, what, nine or ten months ago. Yeah. He comes back in time to play the SEC championship game and the and the playoff games. That's so remarkable. Um, it tells you how much – I think it tells you how much he loves playing the game because he has a lot at stake. He's got a professional career ahead of him. And you watch the way he plays. He's a, he's a dog. Like he will fight. He will block. He will play through the whistle. But what I love about this catch, he had steps on Kool Aid McKinstry, who's a, a very highly recruited cornerback, a guy who can really run. And Pickens, he looked like he was running very fast. I mean, he looked like he, you know, is he going to be a four four guy? Probably. I don't think he is going to be. I think he's going to be like a low four five, mid four five guy. But good size, 6'3", 200. And he toasted McKinstry. He got open, and then he makes a diving catch, and you see the body control. He's able to pull that catch in and roll his body over to keep that ball off the ground. That takes a lot of skill. That takes a lot of athleticism and a lot of coordination. Um, That ACL is really fresh, though. So where does he fit? Is he going to be a first-round pick? I don't think so. But there's a lot of upside with George Pickens. So I think he slots into day two. Um, I don't think at this time that we're recording that there's been any official word that he's going to declare. But this is a situation where, you know, he's coming off the injury, had a big catch in in the championship game. Georgia's a winner. Good time for him to probably strike while the iron's hot.
0: Do you... Buy into the and it might be low hanging fruit, but do you buy into like the the AJ Green comps? I mean, they're similar in size. The I mean, Green's what six three? Uh, the List Pickens at six three. I think Green was a little bit heavier coming out, but he and he was a four or five guy, right?
1: Do yeah yeah do I buy into the comp? I mean, it's it's what you, you yeah as a ceiling. I kind of get it. There's a similar look, probably similar, uh, foot speed and, uh, and they kind of yeah, they
0: kind of win in the same way mm-hmm. with the, you know, the big body jump ball guys. Um, and, and you know,
1: a little bit of a deceptive speed too. Right. Where, where they those can pull away.
0: Right. they are those long striders, right. That mm-hmm. we don't see very much anymore. Um, you know, uh, so, it will be interesting man. Like Pickens is an interesting one, but not as interesting as the guy everybody feels awful for, Jameson Williams. Um, yeah. This was this was just I mean, when you say tragic, it sounds you make it sound, you know, obviously a little more than it is. I mean, it's just an injury. He's going to be back. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was a Marcus – or, yeah, was it Marcus Lattimore?
1: Right, the running back for South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it wasn't like it was that devastating. But it was still – I mean, it still sucks to see a guy that had worked himself into first-round discussion, maybe even wide receiver one discussion, to likely blow out his knee. We don't have confirmation yet as of this episode. We, what, we know
1: for sure that he has – a. Uh, I, I believe we know that he has a torn ACL. He's going okay. to have surgery okay. in, in uh, about 10 days. So that so, makes me think that he might have a little bit more damage than just the ACL because uh, that might indicate that they're waiting for some swelling to go down. So right. uh, I'm just speculating based on my own experience. But uh, that is a concern it, cause, because if it's more than the ACL, if it's the meniscus – involved or if it's if the MCL is involved, then it could be a little bit longer with the recovery time.
0: Is he a first round viable guy or is this going to be a scenario where it costs him you know three to five million now, but he ends up on a team where it's gonna benefit him?
1: Yeah, so I think if this happened, you know, ten five maybe even five years ago, but 10 years ago, that would knock him out of the first round. But I think just as we discussed Pickens a few minutes ago, where he was able to make a recovery in such a a quick manner and and still contribute, I think Williams might have a little bit more of an extensive injury. But the point is that we really have, and, and I've kind of evolved on my thinking on this, but we really have gotten a lot better with the treatment of these injuries. And they expect him to make a full recovery. He's a 4-3 guy. I think he's still going to be a first-round pick. Now, I don't think he's still going to be the first. He might have been the first receiver picked if he was able to work out and go out and run like a 4-3-1 or something like that, 4-2-9. Those are the rumors that he was going to. Break that four-three barrier. Depp uh, could have put him. That could have catapulted him into wide receiver one. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But what you could see is, like you said, it, uh, one of the better teams, one of the playoff teams that has some flexibility on their roster. They could take him late in the first round, and you know, put him on the pup list, let him come along casually, and then and then come in maybe halfway through the season next year.
0: You you probably can't see the New York Giants taking him because you know they've invested pretty heavily in the position. Although they blew out everybody, so who knows? But like the New York Jets with that second first round pick, I know it's the tenth pick overall, uh, but like somewhere there or Philly with their back to back picks in the first round, they've taken quite a few wide receivers though early. Um, you know, picks, I think it's going to be later though. I think it's
1: going to be later. But I was those say the, teams need help right now.
0: Uh, the area I was going to say, though, that could make a lot of sense, and and obviously it depends on what they do at quarterback. But and, and obviously when they lose in the playoffs. But you look at that that twenty to twenty four range right now as it sits. Pittsburgh, and and again this will change based on the playoffs. But Pittsburgh, New England, um, Miami via San Francisco, Las Vegas, and Arizona. All of those teams would make sense right there. And all of those teams, while they do need help, they could be in a position where, you know, they could they can get away with it, you know, not having a guy right away as well. So that's that's where I see I would I would set his over under at twenty three and a half. Um, obviously, once we find out that the actual order that may change. But I mean, you're all you're talking about is if, you know, one of those teams wins is a is a Tampa Bay, you know, or a, a tennis, I guess Tennessee can't lose this weekend, but like a, if a Tampa Bay or a, a you know, a, or the Rams lost and Detroit gets that pick, like that's a good spot for a guy like that. Um, even like a Buffalo, even though they have like a, a on Diggs to get a second receiver next to Diggs type of guy, so... Yeah, I, I would – once we see it, you know, we can talk about it, but I would set that over under probably right around 23.5 for him.
1: And, and you know, the, the thing is, like, you still don't have a great track record uh, historically for drafting guys that are – That are coming, coming off, off ACLs. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of them end up missing their first full rookie season. Um, there, there are all kinds of issues that arise – from the surgery, you know you get scar tissue buildup. You get uh, setbacks within the uh, the rehab process. It happens less and less as we, you know, evolve as we get better with the, the uh, medical procedures, but and with the rehab process. I think that's really key. There is such great rehab process and physical therapy now that helps these guys get along. They work really hard. We saw Cam Akers recover from a an Achilles injury within. The, from from the uh, training camp to end up being a player who's available for the playoffs, that kind yeah. of stuff's unheard of.
0: That's absurd,
1: right? So, yeah, I mean, but you can't bank on that kind of thing. You have no. to be. You have to have the flexibility on your roster to to make that a good pick. But there are teams, like you said, picking later in the first round where that's a viable possibility. I I don't think Jameson Williams cost himself a ton of money. Uh, credit to the guy. He wanted to get out there and keep playing, but there was no way Nick Saban was, was, or the medical people at Alabama were going to let him go out there and try and play on a, on a torn ACL. They had a suspicion that night that that's what the deal was, and it was confirmed later, um, the next day, I believe.
0: You, you mentioned Cam Akers. There were some good running backs in this national championship game. Rank the three draft eligible ones: Zamir White, James Cook, and Brian Robinson.
1: Okay, so um, I talked about Cook last week, and I'm going to put Cook ahead of those two guys because even though he's on, he's smaller and he's probably more of a role player, he, he I don't think the other two guys I don't think Zamir White or Brian Robinson are going to be lead backs in the NFL either. So Cook from a from an athletics. Standpoint and a speed standpoint, guy who can contribute so much in the passing game. I like him as a better prospect, and I think he's going to go on day two, maybe third round. He's going to run really well, maybe sub 4 4. Um, Zamir White, the problem is he was a really highly recruited high school player, but he's had a couple of ACL injuries already, so there's a lot of uh, wear and tear there. There's a lot of concern about injury. He played Pretty well, but he he does. It does seem like his explosiveness has kind of been sapped quite a bit. So he's still a tough runner. He he will bully you inside. They didn't throw to him much, so he's going to have to show that he can be a, um, contribute as a receiver. Brian Robinson, he's just kind of a guy to me, and, and uh, he had a great season, and he runs hard too, and he. You, you saw it the other day. He runs with power. He runs with strength. He's a big guy, but I don't think the total package, Like I don't think he's going to overwhelm you with speed or athleticism. Um, he showed that he could be a contributor out of the backfield with pass catching. But to me, Robinson and White are day three guys, and uh, I think Cook is a player who's going to be fast enough that you can spend a day two pick on him.
0: Yeah, I, I like – The way Zamir White runs, it's just those medicals are gonna, they're gonna do. Like he's a guy. If you get him in, if you have you know compensatory picks in round four, and you're like, hey, I can I can take a flyer on this dude, and and then he doesn't work out. You know, you you just, I I hate to say it like this, but you flush that pick, and it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I
1: actually think White will will be the last of the three drafted
0: because of the knee issues. Yeah.
1: I, I do. I think um, the multiple ACLs is a concern when you're talking to NFL franchise. So he might be drafted like sixth or seventh round because of that, because uh, it's just, it. for one, it's a position that the NFL no longer puts great value in. And for two, you've got an extensive injury history. For three, you don't have a lot of track record as a contributor in the passing game. So, I think Robinson is a player who might get drafted earlier than I I would probably pick him, but he'll be, uh, I think he's ticketed for the senior bowl. We'll see if he goes, but um, I wouldn't take him before the fourth round.
0: This game in the end was all about the defense. Uh, You've got a number of guys who are going to be first round picks this year that, that played well. But I want to start with a guy that kind of, I, to me, kind of set the tone uh, for for Georgia. I know they've got Kobe Dean. He's going to be a first-round pick um, or a top 60 pick at least. But Lewis Sign, their safety, he, more than anybody else, to me, set the tone in this game for, for that Georgia defense.
1: I mean, he, he was a player – who you, you're watching that game and he seems to be all over the place. He seems to be like everywhere the ball is on, on every play. It ends up, he has uh, six tackles in the game, one tackle for loss. He had a pass breakup and he's got this look about him that, uh, you know, he's got the, the hair in his face. He's, he's a big hitter and just a really aggressive safety. He's only a junior, um, At this point, we don't know if he's going to declare or not, but I thought he had a great game, and it was really just kind of, you know, you and I aren't aren't the type of guys that are going to sit here and pour through the all-22 of this game, but he was in on plays up near the line of scrimmage. I thought he did a great job, and um, you had a – off the air, you had an interesting comp for him.
0: Yeah, he really reminds me of, like, DJ Swearinger, the way he gets downhill and the way he – he likes to play bully ball, despite the fact that he's not a big dude. And you know, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I think it's tough on players. Um, you know, I, I think that it can it can lead to to short careers, but I also think it can lead to uh, finding guys that are incredibly aggressive and physical, like a sign that can give you you know three to five years of really good ball or or you know maybe you're lucky and they stay healthy for longer but i mean he's a guy that i just like because of his versatility he showed the ability to cover a little bit but he he's a guy that's flexible enough to play you know like you said downhill kind of in that box um or, or drop into coverage i those guys in today's nfl are are basically 100% needed at all times because yeah you don't you don't know what you're gonna see and, and I mean
1: a lot of teams we, like to play three safeties instead of um, um, uh, you know three linebackers in some sets and I think scene is uh, he's a little taller than than Swearingen. Um he's a little lighter you know they got him listed at 6'1", 200 but he looks like a bullet out there. Uh, he looks like he has good speed. Maybe that's downhill speed. You know, that's going to be different from from range and coverage. But he's a player that that I think grew on everybody as the season went on. He was a big part of the best defense in the country.
0: That that front group for Georgia had a really nice game. Um, Jordan Davis had a couple of splash plays early. Um, I thought Devonte Wyatt was the most consistent of the group. Uh, the Carter kid, I is he draft eligible yet or no?
1: Honestly, I, I I didn't have him jotted down in my notes, so I'm not sure about him.
0: But this is, I mean, when you look at when you look at Davis and you look at, at Wyatt. I think you and I are on the same page with with Jordan Davis. We both think he's a fantastic player. I just – we've had this conver- – we have this conversation every year about value in the draft and if guys are worth, you know, where, where you take them. Um, for me, he already was getting pulled – Quite a bit in in college. Uh, that's not to say he's not great when he's on the field. Yeah, but I
1: think pulled is is a little bit well. Yeah, harsh. I mean, like rotate it out, you, right? You know, because he's, of how big I, he is.
0: I I mean, is he a fifty percent player
1: already? Um, I'm not sure what the that count ended up in. You know, it's it could be misleading from Georgia's standpoint, because they were blowing out teams all season. But I get what you're saying, because th- that's one of the things we've talked about all season and with players' the size is how many snaps are they going to play at the pro level. Um, but one thing I will say about Davis is, uh, and real quickly, Jalen Carter is a sophomore, so not okay, draft so. eligible. Um, but one of the things that you saw early from Davis was, he actually got pressure on the quarterback. And it it was first ruled a strip sack and a fumble return for touchdown. On the replay, you saw that uh, Bryce Young's arm was going forward. And so they called it back. It ends up just basically what being a quarterback hit or a pressure. Uh, I thought it should have been called intentional grounding because Young was, was – I guess there was a running back in the area, but Young was clearly just trying to spike the ball to avoid the sack. But anyway, I thought that was that's something that we wanted to see out of Jordan Davis. But it's something that you don't see a lot of. Again, he's a facilitator, but and he's a damn good one. Like I, I don't want
0: anybody to think that we don't see what he does well. And I, and that's the biggest thing is that. You and it's I both, positional
1: value discussion,
0: right? Exactly, and and that's what I've said is like, I'll go back to the Arizona Cardinals. They absolutely could use a player like him because their run defense is so bad, and they're they don't have a guy that's able to facilitate or create free run lanes for their linebackers, and that's a huge thing when you're wanting to play, you know, a thirty-four defense. And so, if that's if that's the case, you might be okay drafting a guy that's a um, a high forties, low fifties percentage of snaps type of guy, and and that's fine if that's what you want to do. Uh, but I think you have to be realistic, and and it's something that we've talked about, you know, with a lot of guys, um, and and you know. People are going to look at it and go, "Go, oh, well, look at Vita Veya. He just got right. a huge um, contract. And he did. You're right. Uh, but he also is playing the lowest percentage of snaps in his career right now and, and having the best year of his career. Because, again, we're not talking about their ability when they're on the field. We're talking about the amount of time that they can be on the field.
1: Yeah. And I mean, uh, you talk about via that's you, you have a situation that's a perfect fit. You've got those pass rushers in new in uh, Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. I almost said new England because of Brady, but you've got those pass rushers in Tampa Bay. Perfect situation. When via is there, it frees up a lot of opportunity. You get Jordan Davis into that situation, like you said, You know, if Arizona wants to take him in the first round, I don't think you or I would argue. Um, I, I don't even know that we've said like he's not a first-round pick. We were talking about him uh, as a top five or top ten pick because that's where this, he was being mocked early on. And as right, we talked that, about, too— It's the Devin
0: Brown thing or Derek Brown season.
1: Derek Brown, yeah. And as we've talked about too, like it seems like a lot of draft picks have caught up to what we started talking about early in the season. Like you don't see you see him mocked a lot in the twenties now, but uh, I think, you know, I thought he had a good game. I thought he played well, and and, you know, one of the coolest plays was uh, around the goal line when they lined him up at tight end, and he did look like he could play uh, offensive line if if you wanted him to. So, right. You know, maybe he maybe. should have uh, made that transition.
0: Right, get a little positional versatility. Yeah, cuz
1: offensive tackles make a ton of money. Um, so what do you think of Nolan Smith? Because I have some thoughts on him. He was a, he was the number one overall recruit in his class that year. And he had seven tackles, he had two tackles for loss and a sack in that game. And I think draft might be sleeping on this guy a little bit
0: yeah it's one of those where you know he didn't have a ton of production in terms of like just massive numbers but he did show up in big games um like you said he's a he's a former five-star guy and he's a guy that that is a freak athlete at his size um you know, i'm i'm interested to see what the NFL thinks of him because i think he's going to end up going on day two
1: he's a he's going to test he's gonna run faster than a four five i think you know so you're looking at a player he's what, 6 six 235 240 so he, he doesn't have uh the pass rusher size but he he uh ran a four5 as a recruit with a like a almost a 40 inch vertical So he's going to be a freak, and it makes me think of Micah Parsons. The way the Cowboys discovered, because of injuries to their defensive ends, that Micah Parsons is actually very valuable as a pass rusher, even though he's not a big, uh, you know, NFL defensive end size. But they still got a lot out of him as a pass rusher. He's in uh, clearly defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year conversations. I don't think he's going to win the latter, but. Can some NFL team find that and tap that out of Nolan Smith? Like, that's where I think he's coming out at the right time. He hasn't declared yet, to my knowledge, but I think he will. And if he does, he's coming out at the right time because somebody's going to look at him and see what the Cowboys did with Parsons, and they're going to want to do the same thing with him. And I think he's got the athleticism and the talent to do it. I'm not sure. That he has, I mean, he he was a defensive end in high school. That's what he was recruited to do. He's just kind of didn't get any bigger. You know, he was as big as he was going to get. That's fine. He's still plenty big. Can he play linebacker? Can he be kind of a hybrid where he plays a little linebacker, a little pass rusher? I think that's the role that teams are going to be looking at with him. So I think day two sounds about right because he's just not as high profile the guy as Parsons was. And, um, you know, he's kind of an afterthought in ways when you're talking about Dean, you're talking about Jordan Davis, Wyatt, even Seen. Like, not a lot of people are always talking about Nolan Smith, but he has that that pedigree and that athleticism, and I think he's going to end up being a a pretty good NFL player. So, day two, you could end up getting yourself a really valuable player there.
0: Let's, real quick, get to... The Bama guys, uh, I mean, they've got a lot of talent, uh, but the main guy on the defense is Christian Harris, um, who had had three sacks in that game, who had a phenomenal game, right? I mean, he played really well.
1: Yeah, I think draft Twitter was down on him um, for a lot of the year because he was being mocked in the top 15 in the way too early drafts, and then... You know, it was overshadowed a lot by some of his teammates, but I thought he played really well on Monday night. Um, at least two of those sacks were, were legitimate, right? I mean, uh, three sacks. We're, you know, we're a couple of guys. We like sacks, right? So we like we're, – we're team sacks over pressures. And he got the job done. He harassed Stetson Bennett and uh, – I think he kind of put himself back in the good graces with, with scouts. But, uh, you know, I don't think either you or I thought that he was, he should be a top 10 or 15 pick necessarily. But he's another guy he's going to test really, really well. And clearly he's he's a guy who can make plays when you put him in the right situation. So I thought Christian Harris had a good game.
0: We've got a couple names just to remember for next year, but you don't really need us to help you. But uh, Keely Ringo finished off the game, um, much to the chagrin of his coach as he chased him, screaming, "Get down, get down!" <laughs> uh, but
1: you can't get down. That you got to score in that right. situation. You, you it's a national you. championship game.
0: You got to house that. Uh, He's from
1: your neck of the woods, right?
0: Yeah, I played at Suaro. Our, our good buddy Kyle Posey coached against him. He's a freak. I mean, he was a freak when he was in high school. Bigger freak now. Um, the only thing I worry about with Ringo, and I don't want to get too much into next year's guys, but, like, he's a thick dude. Like, he's a he's a thick guy for a corner. So I wonder if he'll end up having to play safety.
1: Uh, hey, he might end up like, you know, you, you don't want to make these comps, but Jalen Ramsey was, was a – Guy they didn't know if he was a corner or safety. He's been a pretty good corner.
0: Yeah. I don't know if he's quite as long. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see. Um uh, they put him at six two though. Yeah. Uh yeah. and then Bryce Young, the Heisman winner. I'm really interested to see what his his um kind of draft stock is next year. Because I I don't think he's I don't think he's the best draft eligible quarterback, let's put it that way.
1: Right, CJ Stroud is um, right. That's where you're going, I, right? I I would
0: say Stroud is a better pro prospect right now.
1: Well, and and if for nothing else, like you know, obviously Stroud had a huge year. He's taller. He's going to be six two. Uh, to Bryce Young's five nine and a half. But as we saw with Kyler Murray, it doesn't matter if you're short anymore if you can run. But Bryce Young did. Neither Bryce Young nor CJ Stroud really use their running ability a lot this year. So I think I I have a suspicion that both players will run the ball more next year, that they'll be asked to use their athleticism a little bit more to help their teams next year than they were this year. But, you know, Bryce Young's uh, performance in this game, it reminded me a lot of Justin Fields performance against Clemson in 2019 in the college football playoff that year where Justin Fields also came in so clean. Uh, had a great touchdown to interception ratio, but he did throw a pick earlier in that game, and then both players threw what ended up being the game ceiling interception that ended up in their team's defeat. So Bryce Young, obviously very exciting player, Heisman winner. I think he's gonna be a I think he's gonna have a great season next year, but he doesn't have his top two receivers returning, probably unless Jameson Williams surprises us, he's probably declaring. And then John Mechie also probably declaring. Um, but both guys injured their ACL, so maybe they decide to return and, and and run it back to prove they're healthy. I just don't see it. I think they'll both be picked high enough without doing that.
0: The final guy is uh, Will Anderson, and that leads us to the hot take.
1: yeah. I mean, let's talk about Will Anderson. He only had four tackles in the game after having 17.5 sacks on the season. He he might have been uh, the best defensive player in the nation. But for some reason, Aiden Hutchinson got the uh, Heisman blessing over Will Anderson. But uh, certainly Will Anderson looks like, if you had to call it right now, he's probably pick 101 in the uh, 2023 draft, you know, unless – You want to put one of those quarterbacks in there. But Will Anderson looks like a special player. So let's do the hot take. I'll I'll, I'll read this take. Uh, This take came to me via text message from my good friend Seth. And he said, Will Anderson might be the best player I've ever watched. (laughs) So I immediately said, uh, I immediately took a screenshot of that and said, that's going in the show. Seth, explain yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, from a from a obviously from a non quarterback uh, kind of scouting perspective, the only guys I've watched that I would be like are better than him. Uh, one would be Deshaun Watson, and that was because I was crazy high on Deshaun Watson, um, but. And then I was trying to think of somebody else, like a defensive player that we've seen in the last decade. Uh, you brought up Von Miller. He had Von Miller's junior year as a sophomore. I mean, their their numbers are almost identical. It's kind of crazy. Um, you brought up Indomitian Sue That felt slightly outside the last decade. But, I mean, I can give you that to you, that, you know, Sue was that good of a player. Um, but I don't think even Sue or like an Aaron Donald came into their draft eligible season with his their draft eligible junior season with as much hype. Cause Sue, came, Sue, both of those guys were seniors when they got drafted.
1: Right. You know, who the, the last player who came in after having a sophomore year like that, and it didn't even match up to Will Anderson's, but it was Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa had double digit sacks as a sophomore. And, um, they won a national championship. Ohio State won a national championship that year. And so he came back with great hype. And uh, he ended up being a focal point of every offense that they faced all year long. He ends up only having like five and a half or six sacks as a junior. But everybody kind of recognized what was going on and how teams just constantly game planned to not get beat by Bosa and sacrifice game beat by other players. So, you know, is, is that what's going to happen with Will Anderson next year? We'll see. But it just, uh, it's a phenomenal take by you because that's definitely something we would have seen from uh, the take masters on Twitter. And the thing is, like, like you said, you kind of broke it down. Like, we couldn't really say that you were wrong, <laughs> which is well, crazy. But, it, right. You know, it, we, we didn't consider a lot of offensive players when we were just strictly kind of trying to look for defensive players, but... Uh,
0: the hard part is, like, the guys that get hyped early on offense typically are running backs, if not... You know, obviously quarterbacks, but they're typically running backs. You know, like we've done with um, with B. John Robinson and Travion Henderson.
1: Right. Um, and, and we then, know we like running backs, but the NFL and, uh, and a lo- Twitter yeah, a lot doesn't.
0: Twitter doesn't. And then you've got... Um, and then you've got quarterbacks. And, and I put those separate because you've got, you know, like, like everybody knows who these quarterbacks are now. Like we've known about, we knew about Trevor Lawrence when, before he played to down at Clemson. Right. So that's why I was trying to think like, and obviously Will Anderson is a huge recruit. But I mean, I don't even think he was a five star. I think he was a four, I mean, only a four star, right? Like, right. <laughs> but like I was trying to think about it like, Who's a player that came into the season, the clear cut, like if he would have been eligible the year before, would have been the first pick in the draft that wasn't a quarterback?
1: So you think Will Anderson would have been the first pick over Thibodeau, over Hutchinson, if he was eligible this year?
0: Yeah, I do think so.
1: I agree with you. I mean, I I actually do, and uh, I don't mean it for it to sound like we – agree so often, but uh, I do, I, I think that the, I think it's a little hyperbole in what you said, but I get that. I, I mean, you reasoned it out pretty well because what yeah, got... And,
0: and maybe ever is, a I mean, a lot to say, but like, if you go back the last decade... Well, he, since, he
1: does have the second most tackles for loss in a season in, in, in the NCAA history. I think George Selvey had more... But you're talking about a group of five school there. He went to South Florida. Um, obviously, 17 and a half sacks as a sophomore. Incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we, we've we talked about Anderson because he's a little bit slim as he projects to the pros. But there's a good reason to think he's going to pack on another 10 pounds. So I, I get it. And uh, I think clearly he's the best player going into next season. Anything else before we get out of here? No, just thanks for uh, listening. And uh, please subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Uh, We will have a bonus episode on Patreon this week. So it looks like you'll get the free episode on Thursday. You get the Patreon episode on Friday. It's just two bucks a month. Go ahead and subscribe to us. You get that bonus episode every week. We'll have some more written content coming up. We've got all-star games coming up. A lot to talk about. Full-on into draft season. No more college football left as as it pertains to uh, – I guess we still have the uh, – do we still have the FCS championship game coming up? No, they already played that. They, but we've got played. the All-Star games coming. Uh, so then we got the Combine and it's full throttle. So thanks again for listening and uh, keep us in mind when you give out those five-star reviews.
0: Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back – Later this week for those of you that are patrons, and next week for those of you that listen to the free show. Thanks.
1: We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of what I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five star review, sign up for our Patreon. It's two dollars. A month for our bonus episodes, $4 a month for all additional content, something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That we could be it right a, there. A read, yeah. That's it. Right there. So. <laughs> exactly.